and this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. Nobody has snapped up the quiz yet, so no. we're going to give you another clue. What number am I? Trickering's a hard one, Lyle. Is nah, it? the first one was a bit obscure. The rest of the one would be easy. So you're all slack this morning. Get those Monday brains into gear. Yeah, win yourself a copy of U-Turn, which is a, a book of all about uh, understanding, preventing, and reversing lifestyle diseases. Okay, so this is clue number four. This is a what number am I quiz if you missed the beginning. And the fourth clue is this. Daniel had a tradition of kneeling in prayer this many times a day. Okay, so how many times a day did Daniel kneel for prayer? I'm sure he prayed many times a day, but he actually formally kneeled for prayer. How many times? Knelt. Kneeled. Knelt. Kneeled. Knelt. Nah. Let's check to the car park, Lyle. <laughs> I am right. You are wrong. Right. Wrong. Right. Wrong. <laughs> ah, the maturity level on this show is just astounding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so getting to our Encounter with God section, we are going to get into some Bible study. But before we do, I do want to mention that if you enjoy studying the Bible... There is something you need to do. Ooh, what's that? You need to be at the Gillis Knights Community Centre. Oh yes! This Friday. I'm so excited about this, Lyle. Absolutely. Does God exist? Seminar with Peter Watts, mm-hmm. former atheist, who's going to uh, be doing a series of presentations on the existence of God. Amen. So it's going to be really, really awesome. Um, okay, so if you're wondering where Gillis and Heights is, if you're in the Newcastle Hunter. I don't know, uh, wherever region, then uh, um, if you're anywhere That's within a couple of hours' drive of uh, uh, Maitland, yeah, Gillison Heights is kind of one of the Maitland suburbs. It's going to be so exciting. We actually interviewed um, uh, the speaker. Yes. Uh, a couple of... Peter well, Watts. Yeah, a couple of months ago now. And Was uh, that long ago? Well, we need w- to get him back. He was doing another program in a different region. And now he's finally come to our region, and I'm super excited about it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. All right. We'll get him back. I might even see if I can get him back. Let me see. Maybe I'll have a spot on Friday. Maybe he can come in before the program starts. Oh, yes, let's. That'd be cool. All right. So um, while Mon is quietly dying in the other side of the studio here, I, have, like, I think an oat those flake stuck in my throat. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of yellow apple. Muesli. It's not yellow apple. It's yellow apple. It's like muesli. It's yellow apple. I'm sure it's yellow apple. The ad breaks. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the book of Exodus, and we are going to continue the food theme this morning. We get to talk about all kinds of food. This oh, morning. yum! Yum, yeah. yum, 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 yum. What kind of food do you think we might be talking about? Is it nut butter cups? Because I got some almond nut butter cups here, Lyle. Uh, and I've got no. to tell you, these things are delicious, and I'm seriously contemplating not sharing them with you. Just let right. You know. You need to do this Bible study. <laughs> you need some more Bible this in your is, life, This Mon, is, is, this is a Bible study all about sharing. My son just walked into the uh, producer's studio, and my wife is trying to talk him into trying this. Uh, <laughs> I want to see the look on his face. Go on, Emery, try some. It, try some of this, this non-alcoholic. Take, at least take Carlton. a whiff of the Carlton... Carlton 0.0%. I <laughs> can't even smell it without... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, this is what happens when you grow up in a home where there is no alcohol. I think if you grew up in a home where uh, you know people drank beer and that kind of stuff, it would be a normal kind of a taste and a smell. But uh, my son grew up without it. I grew up without it. 
I think you grew up without it. I grew it? up without it, but I did work in hospitality for most of my life, and I've always smelt it. And I've always thought, why would anyone ever think, hey, that smells like something I can stick it in my mouth? <laughs> but for those of you who love it, uh, head down to the supermarket. Yeah. Um, these little black cans. Zero point zero percent. Carlton zero percent. Yeah, look at the money. Cheaper, better for your body. There's like, there's no, there's no downside to this. It's just all benefits. It's within no, your probably taste. Got a, probably got a bit of sugar in it. Oh yeah, there's gonna be some. I mean, it's not like a health food. <laughs> but it's a healthier food. Yes, yeah, right. It's a, it's a great, it's a better alternative. Yeah. Not not a better alternative to water, but a better alternative to actual alcohol. Fantastic. Okay, where Exodus. are we up to? We're sharing food. Exodus. And Exodus. We're going to talk about food, and it's not going to be nuts butter things it's going to be something much better and much yummier than that but i've never tried this this is really good yeah go on chapter 16 oh i'm in the wrong time i'm in 36 yeah a little bit too old go 20 verse 20 chapters back and you will find it and uh, if you could start with verse 16 17 and okay. 18 please 16 17 18 these are the lord's instructions each household should gather as much as it needs pick up two quarts for each person in your tent so the people of Israel did as they we were... We probably t- need to back up here yeah, a bit, don't we? Say, yeah, we kind of started through uh, halfway through here. Let me just have a quick scan through. 11, 12, 13. That's the quail. Oh, 14. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. 14. 14. It's definitely 14. It's definitely 14. 14. Okay, yeah, starting start, start 14. Yep. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Okay, so the Bible says that God provided two quarts per family. Mm. All right, so I want to think about this for a moment. Is uh, is is this a is this God producing a uh, just a, a, a social security kind of um, society, like a just a handout society, a handout culture? Is that what God is promoting here? No, He's sustaining them. They're like stuck in the desert right now. They got nothing to eat. Okay. Um, all right. For then, then for people who have nothing to eat, should we? And he does this for the next forty years. Should we just um, give, create a handout culture for the next forty years? No, because they were doing the Lord's bidding. They were following his leading, which led them out to the wilderness. And so they were relying on him in that situation. Like right now, anyone in present day 2019, I don't know too many people who are being led out to a wilderness where there's no food by the Lord. No, I think that's, I think that's some interesting, uh, some valid points that you're raising there, Mon. There's a couple of things that, uh, okay, so the, the first question is, you know, why does God provide? And the reason is, that there was a lack of food in the desert. Now, I just came from the desert, spent three weeks there, mm-hmm. um, and i got to tell you, our desert's pretty sad at the moment yeah. because the drought is just Ravaging really... It. You, you go through areas where there's been rain, and so we hear about rain here and there, and we think, oh, the drought is broken. It hasn't actually broken because the rain is very patchy, and so it's broken in some areas. Like you can drive between... Broken Hill and Cobar, and about half of that drive is going to be green, like vivid green. Uh, but that's a fairly small area, you know, 
you might be driving through it for a couple of hours and you think, oh, you know, the, the drought's broken, this is good. But it's a very, very small area when you look at the whole of the outback. And the other thing that you find in a number of places is a green drought happening. Do you know what a green drought is? I've never heard of that. Yeah, so there's a, there's a green drought happening out there at the moment in a number of places, and that's where a shower of rain has come through over the top of ground that has been in drought for a couple of years. Everything goes green, but that's the only shower that comes through. And so it's a green drought. There's not enough water there for actually things to that live and survive. reminds me of the Pharisees were inside. They're dead, but on the outside they look all holy. Ooh, the Pharisees were a green drought. They were that, Exactly. The Pharisees were a green drought, dude. That would have made <laughs> such a great <laughs> campfire discussion while I was on my trip. You turn that into a sermon. <laughs> green drought. Actually, I have a question for you, Lyle. Yeah. Just having read this right, because it says here in verse 16, right, about – because this is the manna. We're talking about manna. There's frosty flakes, right? Yep. Yeah. So it says here the Lord's instructions was that each, each household should like two, – two quarts per person, right? Yep. Um, but then Do you know how big a quart is? No. Less than a litre? Less than – okay. Okay, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, it says here one omer, which is, yeah, not much. But then it says down – further down a few verses, it says um, – some gathered a lot and some gathered a little. Does that mean like when they're putting it in their bucket? So they're going to a bucket and and they're waiting for the scale to come up to a quart, right? Mm. Does that mean the Lord is divinely rearranging how much each person's quart weighs because he knows exactly what they need? Giving them all equally? No, no, not equally. Well, it's like, so it says across the board it's a quart, but then my quart might be a little bit less than your quart because I can only eat that much and you can eat more than I can. This is an interesting thought. Is God introducing a communist uh, system here that is, uh, you know, where, where he just supernaturally equals it all out so everyone is perfectly equal? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So lazy people still get a full amount and industrious people get less. No, you think that's I, what's going on? I, no, I don't think it's like that. I mean, like, the Lord knows exactly how much you're going to eat. Yeah, I think there's a different, a number of different ways that you could take this passage here. The way I've always understood it, and of course I could be entirely wrong, this is just my opinion, is that some people gathered more because they had bigger families and some people gathered less because they had smaller families and everybody had enough. Okay, so you're looking at like a family gathering. I was looking at like an individual gathering. Yeah. I suppose that's hmm. because you're, you're a family dude and I'm a single chick. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that God is rewarding lazy people. That's, the, I, 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 that's my point. Okay. I, don't, I don't believe that God is in the business of rewarding lazy people. Okay. The other point that I bring out here is that two quarts per person is really that huge an amount of food, really, when you think about it. It depends on how filling it is. Yeah, maybe. I mean, well, two quarts of fairy floss well, How big is this? How big is this? That's a litre. Okay. So, yeah, okay. That's a decent amount of food. Yeah. Uh, but you could uh, obviously substitute it with, you know, whatever else that you had there in the desert. I mean, if that was full of fairy floss, you wouldn't get very far, but if, if that was you, full of nuts. If you go to the desert, mm-hmm. you're going to find that uh, most deserts do contain life. Mm-hmm. Uh, our deserts here in Australia, um, many of the big cattle stations that we went through are in desert country. They call, call it arid, an arid environment. 
and you drive across the Simpson Desert or the Great Stony Desert, um, and there is really a lot of opportunity for life, I should say. There's not so much life there at the moment because the droughts just killed everything. The only thing that's survived are the ferals, mm-hmm. and even the ferals are struggling. Um, we drove for probably, I don't know, four or 5,000 k's out of our out of our uh, 8,500 that we did without seeing a native animal. Wow. No kangaroos, no nothing. Oh, just that's terrible. No emus, just emptiness. It's honest, really. Three donkeys, um, oh. two mobs of camels. Yeah, don't go, because eh, they're ferals. Uh. Um, and uh, a few dingoes, um, one cat, and that was about it. You know, I was surprised to see one cat. Did you take the cat count down to zero? Unfortunately, no. Because that would have been a... I would almost say that was your responsibility, Lyle. That was my responsibility, and if I'd had the opportunity, the cat would have gone to zero because it is a feral cat. Destroying Um, the ecosystem. But uh, it was one of the other team members who saw it, and it was moving fast. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. They do move pretty speedily. Yeah. Yeah. But I think think anybody being a responsible person in the outpack would... um, not spare a feral if uh, yeah you know because the ferals are really that's that's the your biggest problem you've got out there. Um, they're com- they're, there's a drought happening. The ferals are competing and they're out competing some of our native species, which is a real disaster. But the, my point is that you know the Israelites are in the wilderness. There's going to be other food. You know the, the Bible talks about them. They only ate manna, and that was their staple for sure. You know and you have many environments where people have a staple. Um, when we were in Ethiopia, the staple was spelt. Further south, the staple is, what did they make it out of that um, in um, Kenya? They had a different kind of grain in Kenya, um, didn't they? Like a maize. Maize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in parts of Asia, the staple is rice, etc. And so the staple here was manna, but there would have been other food that was available for those who put the effort into make it happen. And then in America, the staple is McDonald's. Not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, even uh, even though there is other food sources in the desert, you have to imagine, you have to remember, there's like, what is it, how many millions of people who suddenly just descended upon the desert? Like, even with a couple of mobs of camel hanging around, there's not going to be enough food. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Okay, so there is a large group of people here, and God is providing for them. Now, what I find interesting about this is where God provides the manna. Where does God put the manna? On the ground. Why? Easiest place to harvest it. (laughs) I would think that it would be easier if you'd have put it in their storage containers. Oh, why not just strike right in their mouth? Or that. Or do you know what? Right in the tummy. Just bypass the whole thing. Straight to the bloodstream. (laughs) Straight to the bloodstream. <laughs> <laughs> Just inject it. Yeah. Wake up and God gives you your morning injection. I, I, well, there is still an amount of work involved with gathering off the ground. But if they're in the desert, there's not really that many trees to pick it off. And the small like frost is actually going to be quite a bit of effort involved. Yeah. It's not like you run out and pick up a big plateful, plate-sized pieces of the stuff and plonk it on your plate. Yeah, no. So this is going to take some effort. Why does God do that? Because he's a relational God. And this okay. is how God operates like most of the time. Yes. He wants you to engage with him. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think God wants us to work. That's right. There is, um, you know, the Bible says he who doesn't work shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a Bible principle there. God expects us to work. God doesn't 
you know, he isn't, isn't just in the business of free handouts. Um, this is not a, you know, a social security system that uh, just it's like, well, you have a right to um, free stuff all the time. Yeah. No, if you read Proverbs, Proverbs is very uh, uplifting of hard work and really quite condemning of any laziness. Just this morning I was reading, um, and this, I, I like this bit, it said the diligent will be the rulers and the lazy will be the ones that are um, um, paying tribute. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. an interesting. You want to rule? You want to be, you wanna be a boss? You got to be diligent. You got to be working hard. You got to work for it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, so we have uh, the dignity of labor being upheld here. This is not just God coming along and giving free handouts. He's giving free handouts for sure. This is a environment where there is not enough food, so He is providing, but He is providing in a way you got to go and harvest it every day. Yeah. Okay, so. Why then does God give a specific amount? Two liters of the stuff per person. Do you reckon people might be greedy? It's done to two liters. Yep. Maybe people are greedy, wasteful. God hates waste. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. That's what I imagine it must be. Yeah, I think so. I think that's. I think that's a very valid point. Is that um, you know, God is God is not somebody who is. I think he also is drawing out faith. Like, you know, you know, just I'll give you enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't freak out and think we're going to be stuck out here with nothing to eat for the rest of the week. So let me like spend, you know, 48 hours straight just collecting up manna. And then, That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. I think now, there's a lot of, of people here. Faith. A lot of people here who did not exercise faith when they saw the manna. That's right. Uh, did we read that yet? No. Okay. Let me see. Verse 19. Yeah. Just keep going. Nineteen twenty. Then Moses said to them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. You've got to love God's sense of humor now. Yeah. God's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, follow what I say. I'll solve this one for you. Uh-huh. And you wake up and it's full of maggots. Yeah, it's gross. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's a result of greediness. One thing I did notice in the outback was that there were lots of maggots somewhere. Oh, really? I have no idea where. (laughs) No idea where the maggots were, but there was lots of them somewhere. Why? Because there was flies everywhere. Oh, gross. My one big big, uh, tip for heading to the outback is take a fly net. Our lives became wonderful once we got fly nets. Oh, okay. Up until that particular point, we were a bit miserable. Even climbing the rock? Uh, even climbing the rock, take okay. a fly net. Okay, all right. Because, you know, you, you, you're going up that chain. It's fairly steep, all that kind of stuff. You don't really don't want to be swap, swatting flies. Yeah, you need your hands. Um, while you're using your hands to stay alive. Do, do you have one I could borrow? I do. Okay, cool, thanks. Comes in a cute little carry bag. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You just pop it over your hat, right? Yep, just pop it over your hat and uh, you become quite comfortable after that. Up until that particular point, you, 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 just, you just want to lose your mind. I bet these children of Israel were... <laughs> Wishing they had a couple of fly nets over their food. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's full of maggots. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so why is God doing? You know, what, what, why does this, what, why is God doing this? Why doesn't I, he just? Yeah, look, I believe it's because he wants to um, teach them faith, just daily faith, just daily mm-hmm. walking with mm-hmm. him. That's what I. That's what I think is the lesson here. What do you think? I think that uh, there's a lesson of faith. I also think there's a lesson to do with greed, and because be- you know, if this stuff kept for a month or a year or 
you know, whatever, yeah. then they would be gathering, 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 storing, 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 and trading with surrounding nations and making bucket loads of money out of it. And that was not God's purpose. Yeah, you can totally see some sort of sneaky business guy starts to hire people to collect manna for him all day long and then slave labor. And, oh, it would just have taken it, it too. Could, it could have become very corrupt very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't not God's purpose in... Uh, creating the manner. This is um, cardaphonia music. Glorious things.
That was Cardiphonia Music, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken here on Faith FM. We are in the middle of our Encounter with God section and we are talking about the subject of Manor. food. Mm. Do you know, when I was a kid, one of the main reasons I wanted to go to heaven was so I could stuff my face with manna. Okay, so what did it taste like? Honey wafers? I don't know. Yeah, honey wafers or you could cook it up savoury. One of those things you could have a sweet or a savoury. Um, bit like witchy grubs, right? <laughs> Have you ever eaten a witchy grub? No, but I'm told that they taste like custard when you eat them raw and they taste like <sighs> peanut butter if you cook them. Are they like a clean food? Um, they don't have, as far as insects go, they don't have legs above their feet. So they're unclean. To jump with all upon the earth. So they're unclean. Yeah. So I I've guess, never eaten one either. I guess I'll never find out. What about honey ants? Because you don't really eat the ant, you just suck the honey out, don't you? Yeah, I, I think they'd be clean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have never tried one. I've seen them wandering around and wondered, but... Would have thought you'd done a, done a bit of a sample, a bit of a taste test. Yeah, no, nah, not really more. into uh, bush tucker. Yeah. <laughs> that kind I don't of bush mind me anyway. some lemon myrtle. Yeah. yeah. Some mountain pepper, but uh-huh. yeah. Anyway. All right, so let's go on with this story. Um, it were bread worms, it stank, and Moses was upset with him. Yes. Um, they gathered every morning, the Bible says, according to his eating, and when the sun came up, it melted. All right, verse 22, please, Mon. Something interesting happens in verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the elders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. Okay, so there's twice as much on the ground. So what do you do? You collect up twice, twice as, as much, much, right? Exactly, yeah, it makes that sense. That would be the natural reaction, that, that what, what you would uh, typically do, and that's exactly what they have done. And they're like, wait a minute, this is not right. It's twice as heavy. What makes Friday so special? Why would it be twice as much food on Friday? Is Friday a sacred day? No, but they're coming up to a sacred day when they don't want to have to work. So it makes sense to me. Okay. All right. Yeah, so they're coming up to a sacred day. But, but no, it doesn't make sense because it can't last more than two days. Well, we all know it's magical food, Lyle. It's um, divine, divine miracle food. wafers from heaven. All I'm right. pretty sure whatever parameters want, God wants to stick on it, he can. So if he wants to have like twice as long-lasting on Fridays, then that's what's going to happen. Okay. All right. Keep reading. Uh, Verse 23, he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set it aside what is left for tomorrow. Okay, so occasionally I have come people people come to me with on the subject of the Sabbath and they say, you know, the Sabbath wasn't given until Mount Sinai. Has Mount Sinai happened yet? No. No, this is before, long before Mount Sinai. Yeah. Uh, and here the Sabbath is being kept. Where do you find the first reference to the Sabbath, Mon? Uh, isn't it in the creation account? It's in Genesis chapter yeah. 2. Yeah, it's pretty early. It's one of the very first things that the Bible mentions. Uh, so the Sabbath has been around for a very, very long time. Of course, the Israelites had pretty much forgotten about the Sabbath because they had been um, in slavery for 400 years and basically become pagans. And so they're kind of relearning their religion from scratch. I mean, but even when it's mentioned in Genesis, isn't it sort of mentioned as sort of like something that everyone knows about? Like it's not like, oh, let's institute the Sabbath. Isn't it like? Yeah, and and, and you'll find that in a number of uh, different places as well. But you also do have the institution of the Sabbath in Genesis chapter two, um, where it says, "On the seventh day, God rested and blessed it and sanctified it and made it holy and set it apart for holy use, etc., etc., etc." Okay. Yeah. But it could have been around for a lot longer than that too. Oh, yeah. This could have been just the introduction to the human race. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Indeed. 
Okay. Um, all right. So Moses explains to them how the Sabbath works. So this is God's introduction to the Sabbath. I like the way that God introduces the Sabbath. He introduces the Sabbath with food. Do you know what? Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Which tells me something about the Sabbath. The Sabbath should be a time of sharing food. That's I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, and sharing food, the Bible continues and goes on to say, um, in a community environment, God created the concept of community and God wanted human beings to be in a community atmosphere once a week. And so he created the Sabbath and he created special food for the Sabbath. You know, this is why the best churches are the churches that have lunch together every week. That's right. Yeah. That's how it should work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but they have this problem because you can't keep it overnight. But Moses is like, yep. Uh, uh, did we read verse 23 yet? Yes. Uh, yes, we did. Bake that which you will bake. Boil that which you will boil. And that remains... Is left over, keep it for tomorrow. All right, verse 24. So they put aside, uh, so they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. Moses said, Eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Okay, there you go. You've got the whole story right there. And of course, Not God the is. Whole story. No, you don't have the whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you were there back then, and this was the first time you saw this, yeah, and you get twice as much on Sabbath mm-hmm. on Friday, I should mm-hmm. say, in prep and for you, Sabbath, in yeah. prep for Sabbath, um, come Sabbath morning, would you have a peek outside? I yeah, I, I think I would. I'd collect it up, mm-hmm. but I would still go double check. <laughs> if you'd had it all week long and you've been there every morning. And there's twice as much on Friday. Would you have gathered twice as much? Or would you have gone, yeah, no, it's not going to keep overnight anyway, so what's the point? I don't know, man. I think like because it's just such a miraculous thing it was here in the first place, I feel like at any moment now this could disappear. I'd probably be the person who gathered extra that went rotten in the morning. I wouldn't be the person who was like, oh, nah, there'll be more. Don't worry. <laughs> I'd be the hoarder. You'd be the hoarder. This, is, this, this whole story is, a, is an interesting commentary on human nature. It is right. Because you've got two types here. You've got the hoarder. Mm-hmm. The hoarder is the one who sees it, gathers heaps, uh-huh. and then it stinks. Yep. And then you've got the other person who's like, oh, it's been here every day. It'll be here on Sabbath morning as well. And then wakes up. And goes hungry. And goes hungry. All day. And then, of course, then, of course, guess what they do? Blame the boss. Yeah. (laughs) Blame Moses. Moses, this is your fault. There is no manner on the ground this morning. We have missed our breakfast. We are hungry. Uh Uh-huh. And how do you think Moses would have felt about that? Yeah. Look, it's a good thing that they picked the meekest man on earth to do that job because I wouldn't have had anything nice to say at that point. (laughs) I think he was a little bit frustrated. Let's keep reading. Okay, verse 27. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That why That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must stay each day in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people do not gather any food on the seventh day. Okay. Um, so, yeah, how often do you think they made this mistake? 
I think maybe just the once. I'm pretty just sure it was just the yeah. once that they only made that, that, that they made. Have this you ever mistake. seen a coriander seed? No. Because the next verse says the Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey. Wafers. I probably I probably have seen coriander seed, but I really have no idea what is coriander. Coriander is a herb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you can also grind up. I think the seed of it, and you have coriander powder. But I've never seen it other than the fresh herb cilantro. Oh, that stuff. Yeah, it's a coriander in Australia, mm-hmm. cilantro in America. But I've only ever seen the fresh leaf, and I've seen the ground powder. I've never seen coriander seed. Mm, there you go. An acquired taste. Yes. It is. Anyway, uh, we have an important lesson here about preparing for the Sabbath that God wants us to have rest and worship on the Sabbath, and we should do as much preparation for that day as we possibly should. And he performed, during those 40 years, 6,240 miracles to show them which day was the Sabbath day and how to keep the Sabbath day. That is more miracles than any other uh, event. took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun on the seventh day he rested from the work that he had done then he blessed it made it holy as a gift for
Are you constantly amazed by the wonders of creation? Do you find the science behind all living things fascinating? Then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top-level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19 at Avondale College in Coorenbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. That was Sarah, Sandra, Sandra something or other. Sandra McCracken. Oh, oh, Sandra McCracken with Almighty God, which is uh, a song coming out of the Psalms. Really cool song. Uh, live before we launch the question of the day, it is time to give us a I can't even talk anymore. Can't Your even tongue talk is tied in a knot. Think about all that manner making me hungry. Okay, all right. The last clue for today's What Number Am I quiz is this. This is the number of times that Peter disowned Jesus before the rooster crowed. Ooh. Mm. Give us a call. You can win a copy of U-Turn, excellent book by Han- Dr. Hans Deal and Aileen Luddington, all about lifetime disease, how to understand it, prevent it, and reverse it if you've already got it. Well, question of the day is a really good one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, somebody out there wants to read their Bible, which is excellent. We love that. Mm-hmm. I love it very much. Um, but they're a little bit daunted, which the, reading the Bible can be. It can be daunting. And so 66 question, books, 44 authors. It's more like a library than a book. thousand odd pages. Yeah. So, what they want to know is, like, where do they even just start? Do they just start in Genesis and try and work their way through to, to, to Revelation? Or, like, they start in Matthew? Like, what's the go? Should we tell them they to should read start. <laughs> they should start inside the Bible. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Lyle. <laughs> no worries at all. <laughs> I knew that would be very helpful. Uh, the, the real thing is, um, the most important thing is to, is to read your Bible. And, and, that, and that's my point here. There are no bad places in the Bible to start reading. Having said that, there are some places that you might struggle. Like Leviticus. You might struggle if you start in Leviticus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might just sort of have your head spinning there for a little bit like, what is going... The first time I read Leviticus, I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> but, um, okay, so yeah, Mon, if uh, if you were going to read the Bible for the first time, where would you start, do you reckon? Mm. Because, I mean, this is one of those, uh, you know, uh, it's subjective kind of questions. Uh, I'd start with, like, Psalms, Proverbs, and Mark. Well, there you go. That's interesting. I, I made a bit of a list of places where I might start, and my list had Genesis, Matthew, John, First John on it, and then I added, after I thought about it a little while, uh, Romans, Psalms, or Proverbs. See, I'd be like, do you know what? Start your day off with the Proverbs because good advice. Finish your night off with the Psalms because they're beautiful, and for your 
Bible study, hit up Mark because Mark like does the highlights. Concise. He's like the headline guy. Yeah, is the He's abridged like, Boom, version. Boom! This is happening. Boom! This is happening. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's my thoughts. I'm the kind of person who likes to do things methodically. Yes. And so I would always start in Genesis. Okay. Yeah. And I would enjoy Genesis, and I would enjoy most of Exodus. I would struggle through Get a bit Leviticus down. and some parts of uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, uh, and then I would be up and running from thereafter. Because mm-hmm. from thereafter, I love all of those books: Joshua, Judges, Ruth, yeah. First and Second Amazing Samuel, First stories. Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. It just gets it just gets good. Uh, the uh, the prophets. I'd struggle a bit in the prophets if I was a new Christian. You know. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Yep, very symbolic um, and weird. Daniel will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got your minor prophets, which are you know kind of like uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. There'd be some hard going there, but some good lessons. Then you hit the Gospels in the New Testament, and you are up and running. Um, by which stage you are ready to, to read Romans. And the other Pauline epistles yep. followed by the Thanks, minor Paul. epistles. Yeah. Yeah, good job, Paul. <laughs> okay, so here is my analysis. If you want to get an understanding of the big picture, the origin of things, yeah, start in Genesis. Know that there are going to be portions that you are going to struggle with. Okay, understand that that is going to happen. Um, if you want to really understand who Jesus is, and what Jesus taught, start with Matthew. Because a couple of chapters in, you're going to have the Sermon on the Mount, which is really Jesus' manifesto. That's that's like, this is what Christianity is. Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So Matthew is a great place to start right there. Uh, if you are a relational person, and relationships are something that is important to you, um, start in John. Okay. Gospel of John, yeah. very relational writer. Um, and um, when I started reading the Bible, I actually started in First John. And so I, I added that one to the list because that's that's the first book of the Bible that I ever read. Um, and really that book is, you know, what is a Christian? If you're having an issue with identity, definitely read John because he has no issue with his identity. He knows exactly who he is. He's yeah. always saying, I am John, the beloved of Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and you will learn that you are beloved of Jesus' will. Uh, Romans, if you're a scholar and want something academic or you just simply want a great understanding of the gospel, Psalms is encouraging. All good. Just start. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior near 
Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. That was Matt Menegas featuring Clint McCoy with Give Me the Bible here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show, Mon. Yes, I'm going to give something away for My free. first show back from holidays. Yes, indeed. Welcoming you back. Very happy to have you back. Uh, today we are giving away a copy of Christ's Object Lessons. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is a really great book, especially for those people who are indeed contemplating reading their Bibles. Uh, this is a great book to go along with that. Yeah, yeah. Great, uh, great Bible study material, great sermon material. This is all of the parables of Jesus. Yeah. And so if you want to understand, Jesus was the greatest storyteller. He was always telling stories, stories with a lesson. And while we were away in the outback and we were uh, having worship every morning and evening, one of the things that we did probably the most of in our worships was just tell stories. I'm not quite sure how it started, but we just started into the storytelling. And, and so every morning we'd just tell a story, a story with a lesson. And so Jesus, that was Jesus' method. And uh, this is all of Jesus' stories right here in the book, Christ's Object Lessons. Give People. us a call. People learn by stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the thing that sticks in their memories. That's right. So, yeah, give us a call. Tell a story in your sermon. They won't remember a thing about your sermon, but they will remember the story you told. Mm -hmm. 1-800-FAITH-FM is a number. First person through will snap that up. That's all you've got to do. Be the first person now. 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. Uh, but yeah, do call fast, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Also the number to call if you would like to uh, learn more about the Bible and do Lyle's Bible study course. I was hoping you might mention that in the Q of the D. Uh, but for those of you who are struggling to study your Bible and would like a study guide, uh, there are many of them out there. Lyle's actually written one called The Prophetic Code. And uh, it's a really great set. Um, you can get that here for free. Uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Through the Discovery Center. Yeah, through the Discovery Center. Yeah. yeah. Give us a call and we'll point you in the right direction. We will set you up with that one for sure. Yeah, and you can study the Bible uh, one-on-one in a group setting. 
Uh, you can do it paper format. You can do it online. You have to excuse the squealing noise in the background. Our studio window is called studio vent in the ceiling, I should say. But yeah, very grateful to have Lyle and producer Shell back in the studio. Uh, they'll be back again tomorrow morning after the seven o'clock news. In the meantime, you have a blessed day.
Shine a